Our mission of the month this month is project transformation. And we are collecting items for college students to use in ministry with children. And so what I wanted to do this, this morning is tell you the history of Project Transformation, how Project Transformation came to be. Project Transformation started in 1998, and it was founded by Sarah Wilkie and Leighton Farrell. These were two visionaries within our conference. And over lunch one day, I think it actually might have happened at an annual conference, they were talking about some of the challenges that the churches were facing at that time. They were facing a real decline in young leadership within the churches, meaning youth age being active in the churches. We were also seeing some difficulties with churches in downtown Dallas, and they just needed some help with some other area churches to revitalize, to get some new energy. But then they also saw a lot of different institutions within Methodism, not necessarily churches, that need to come together and need to learn to work together. As our current bishop, Mike McKee, tells the story, he was there at that lunch, and he was, he was involved with this conversation with Sarah and Leighton. They took out a napkin, and on that napkin, they wrote down three Cs, college students, children, and churches. And they set about to devise a plan using those three Cs to address the challenges that they were talking about. And Mike McKee will tell you that he said, it'll never work, but it's working. That first summer, there were 22 college interns who worked with five downtown churches to provide summer day camps for 250 undeserved children. There were a lot of people involved in that, but it was really those first 22 college interns that became the builders of what is Project Transformation. And I want to quote something that I saw on their website this week. Even then... They, meaning the college interns, could sense that they were the start of something incredibly special. They sensed they were the start of something incredibly special. As of last year, Project Transformation had 100 college interns working with 1,500 volunteers who read and supply meals, serving 1,100 children and youth. And by the way, Project Transformation is no longer just in North Texas. There's now chapters in Oklahoma, Tennessee, and in San Antonio. They sensed they were the start of something incredibly special. I think the disciples on that Pentecost day could say the same thing. They had no idea where this ministry was going to go. They didn't know what was next. But in that moment, they knew that they were the start of something. And that was exciting. And that was thrilling. Because, yes, starting something new can be a challenge, and it can be scary, but can also be exciting and thrilling to be at ground zero of something new that's starting. This church is going to start something new this summer. Our children's team has put together two things that are going to happen this summer. We are going to offer family dinner and a movie night. We're going to offer it first on Saturday, June 23rd, and then again on Saturday, July 28th, one per month. And this is how it's going to work. The church is going to supply the movie. We're going to purchase the movie and the rights to, to view it. We're going to buy the pizza 
And then we're going to ask the congregation to bring sides, drinks, desserts. Desserts that don't require a fork, I think is how we phrased it. We're going to watch a movie together. And if you can imagine having on the floor right in front of the TV in the fellowship hall, some, maybe some sleeping bags and some big fluffy pillows and some beanbag chairs for the kids to sit in. I might bring it, one of my camping chairs to sit in and watch the movie together. We'll, we'll have dinner at 5.30. We'll watch the movie at 6. And after the movie, I will, I'm going to try my hardest to find a Bible story that connects to the movie and share that as well. We're going to do that twice this summer, dinner and a movie night for families in our area. And I want to tell you how this idea came about. Our our children's team met in December, and that meeting was just full of brainstorming of ideas. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And we realized, first of all, it's very difficult to all of a sudden announce, okay, next week we're going to start having children's Sunday school every single week. Kind of hard to do that when we don't have children to launch it that way. So we've got to do something to attract families here, families with children here. And as we were having this conversation, we're talking about, well, how do we introduce that? How do we do something attractive? And one of the things we recognize is that we need to stop trying to copy other churches in our area because they are doing something different and unique, and yet here we are different and unique in many wonderful ways. And so what we wanted to do was look at what's called context. That means we need to look at who we have here, what we have here, and who we are called to serve and love. In Cokeville, Texas, there is absolutely nothing for families to do over the summer or in the evenings. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So what we thought of is, well, we need to offer something safe, fun, family-friendly, and let's make it free. That's what we're doing. We're addressing the context in Copel that there's nothing here. So let's do something fun, safe, free for families with kids. That's how it came about. We recognize that we are different and unique in wonderful ways. They sensed that they were at the start of something incredibly special. The disciples knew they were at the start of something incredibly special. We are going to launch something new this summer that has the potential to be incredibly special. The disciples took a risk. There's always risk when you start something new. They took a risk. We have got to take a risk. But we're going to take that risk together. Together. The scripture clearly says that the Holy Spirit gave the disciples abilities that they did not have before. They were speaking in languages they didn't know, that they hadn't heard. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gave them that gift and talent to do something they had not done before. We must trust that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts and talents and abilities that we haven't had before. Almost a year ago, we introduced the prayer, and I've got new prayer cards in your bulletins this week in case you've lost yours and you need another one. We started the prayer, Dear God, send us the people we need and the people who need us. Send us the people we need and the people who need us. I believe maybe all of you or almost all of you were here when the Trebbing family was here, Ben and Candace Trebbing and their three young boys, Bryce, Hudson, and Caden. Were y'all here? 
when the Shrubbings were here? They joined the church in August last year, and they stayed with us for about two months. And when I realized, y'all know that I give you a couple of weeks of being absent before I track you down and find out what's going on. And when I contacted the Trebbings, what I learned from them was is that they realized they need a church that had something for their children then. The waiting for us to have something wasn't going to work for them. So when they told me that, I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed, and I actually grieved for a couple of days. I wasn't able to tell anybody else in the congregation where they were for a couple of days because I needed to process it myself. And then I remembered our prayer. Dear God, send us the people we need and the people who need us. The Trebbings needed us. They needed us for them to learn that they want their children to be in a church. They want their children to know that love. And we may not have been the right fit for them. We were the right fit for them at that time. For them to learn that and to learn what kind of church they were looking for. In the same way, we needed the Trebbings. The Trebbings gave us a gift. And that gift was we now know with certainty that we want children in here, in worship. We want the squirmy bodies. You're not a child anymore, sweetheart. You've, you've graduated from being a child. We want those squirmy bodies. We want that laughter. We want the little distractions that children can cause. That doesn't bother us. That's a part of worship. I cannot understate how important that gift is to us for us to know that. And that's a part of who we are. When we were doing our long-term visioning in the fall for the five-year long-term visioning, Having children's ministry was one of the key things we wanted to have within five years. And we've mapped out what we need in a year, what we need in three years, what we need in five years in order to get there. The Trevings gave us that. They gave us a taste of that. And now it's our turn to run with it. It's our turn to run with it. The Holy Spirit is going to give us the ability to do that which God has called us to do. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit's already doing it. The Holy Spirit is already doing it. Our children's team, along with some of the men, have spruced up this children's classroom. There's still a little bit more work that we need to accomplish this week to get that ready to go. We've changed up this area in the back of the sanctuary so mom and dad can sit at a table and be creative with their kids when they're in worship. I'm, I'm anxious to see how well that's going to work. We've got activity bags ready that Melanie, every time one of them's used, she restuffs them and brings them back. That's something that Melanie's doing for us. But most importantly, we now have a children's team. Debbie Perry, Debbie Pikarski, and Kelly Nappage have all said we are willing to teach children Sunday school. We did not have that a year ago. We did not have three people that say we are willing to teach children Sunday school. So already the Holy Spirit is working within us and moving hearts and getting us ready for children to come. When we look at what happened on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit showed up and gave them abilities. The Holy Spirit was dancing, moving, praising, singing, empowering, enabling, preaching, and speaking and proclaiming the word of Jesus. In other words, the Holy Spirit showed up and showed off. That's Pentecost. The Holy Spirit showing off. The Holy Spirit is going to show off here and in children's ministry. In the story of Pentecost, the part that Dave read, Peter starts preaching. And what he does is that he quotes Joel, the prophet Joel. 
in doing so, by quoting that prophet, Peter is declaring that scripture is being fulfilled right now in what's happening here at Pentecost. What Joel said was, is that God will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions and old men shall, shall dream dreams. Well, we've got the visioning. And we're dreaming the dreams. But what about your sons and your daughters shall prophesy? Let's talk for a minute about what prophecy actually is. Prophets are not fortune tellers. Prophets do not predict the future. Prophets speak a word on behalf of the Lord. The gift of prophecy is to present God's word with clarity and power. That's it. Prophecy is to present the word of God in a way that somebody else can understand it. Do you see where I might be going with this? The gift of prophecy includes telling Bible stories to children in a way that they can understand. To come to know with full assurance God's love, that Jesus loves them. That's what prophecy is. The children's team has made it clear that it is critical that following that very first dinner and a movie night, that we got to follow up with something the next day. We have to have something that we can invite those families to come to. And so we are going to launch Children's Sunday School on June 24th. Now, whether we call it Sunday School or whether we call it Story Time or whether we call it Summer Story Time, whatever we call it, is up to us. But what we're going to do is we're going to tell Bible stories in a variety of ways. Storytelling, reading, crafts, songs, games. When I start thinking about that, it's really not that hard. Now, you may not think that you have enough Bible knowledge or enough patience to teach a child a Bible story, but I know that you can handle crayon, scissors, and glue. You may not think that you have the ability to teach a child anything about the Bible, but you can sing a silly children's song because they don't have to be sung on key. And I know many of you can play games. And you may not think that you have the ability to teach a child anything about the Bible, but every single one of us here in this room has the ability to have a child sit on our lap, listen to a story, so that that child knows without question they are accepted, loved, and safe here. It doesn't take much to help in children's ministry. It takes a little bit of love and a little bit of ability. Once all of us have experienced that first dinner and a movie night, I, I want all of us to get a sense of what, what could happen here. What could happen? What could possibly come from all of this? Then I'm going to host a teacher training workshop in July. And we're going to break down what a children's Sunday school class lesson looks like. And we're going to take away some of the scariness of it, some of the terror we feel with teaching children. And we're going to break that down. Because I think everybody in here knows, if you tell me I don't know what I can do for children's ministry, you know I'm going to find a job for you, right? You know that good and well, right? We can find a job for each person. Do y'all know that while Devin was younger and while those Trebbing kids were here and when Marlene would bring her kids, having them here in this space, every single one of you was in, engaged in children's ministry? Do you realize that? This church is already doing children's ministry. We're just going to ramp it up a notch. 
And the Holy Spirit is going to do the work. The Holy Spirit is going to bring us who we need and those who need us, and the Holy Spirit is going to give us the ability. It's the church's job to show us how. In the story from Pentecost, it says that the disciples, as they were speaking these other languages, what they were saying, what they were talking about, was God's deeds of power. So imagine that in that moment, not only are they experiencing God's deeds of power with, with flaming tongues and speaking a language they've never heard that they don't know, and they're saying it, and what they are saying is God's deeds of power. In that moment, it was both illustrated and spoken. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. The Holy Spirit is getting ready to start something new. And let me tell you, this church has done new things in the past. We have launched new things here, and we're revving up to do it again. Does it involve risk? Yes. Are we going to take that risk? Yes. Is this summer going to be an experiment? Yes. And we're going to do it together with each other and with the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is a Jewish festival. It is a festival at the end of the wheat harvest. It is a festival of offering thanksgiving to God. At a festival, offering thanksgiving to God, the Holy Spirit shows up, shows off, and is a witness for the message of good news of Jesus Christ. So as we launch children's ministry, strategically inviting families with children to come and be, be here, when that happens, we will offer thanksgiving to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.